So I ordered Britney's book, obviously. Oh, my God. But it came with some of her perfume, Curious by Britney Spears. Stop it. <laughs> it is, does it smell good? What do you think? Oh, my. It does I, smell good. I was like, it's kind of clean and nice. Very early 2000s. It came, like, packaged with the book? It came with the book. Look, book two for Patrick Hines. You're getting like, your own Patrick Hines cologne. That's my own little humble brag. Oh. I was like, what is this, like, beautiful, enormous blue what? glass thing? That's wild. I know. You know what else is a blast? What? Julian Pensavale. Patrick Hines. Burn up. You always take it up the ox. Next time I won't. Okay. <laughs> if I remember. I don't know when we're recording next. Who knows? I forget everything. Hi, Jillian Benzavalli. Hi, Patrick Hines. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. You're smelling great over oh, there. thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Britt. Fam, join the pates. It's over 450 full ad-free bonus apps to download a binge right this sack. Yeah, if that's something you're interested in, yeah. boy, do we have a Patreon for you. We've got after parties. We've got tiers where we send you stuff. Yeah. It's a, really, it's a lot of fun over there. Yeah. Sometimes we're like, we're doing this new thing where we'll like talk about a case that that we haven't covered on the show, but yeah. we're like telling each other about it. I don't know. We're it's, just. We're it was like when we did that. It was like we were making a whole new podcast, kind yeah, of. You know, kind of. I got to tell you about the the case of Dr. Sneha and Philip, which is my. It's my most case I think about the most. Really, your most case you think about the most. I my most. I told you about Betty Gore and Candy Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Wow crazy. Scary times. I know. What are we talking about today? So this is our bonus episode. Welcome to the bonus apps, everybody. Yes, welcome uh, to the bonus. Great. That was yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. This is bonus episode eight. Yes. It's Dateline. It's called Tangled. It's a very famous episode. Season 24, episode 38. And none other than Keith Morrison is our host. It started as a teen romance. Two of my girlfriends were like, there's this guy and you need to meet him. I was in love. Yes. It ended in one of the strangest love stories you'll ever hear. It felt like I got hit by a bus. Right before their wedding, her mother and his father got married. They told us, we ran off, we eloped. Who does that? Two families in a small town left stunned. But it was nothing compared to what happened next. He looks like he's been shot. He said something broke in last night. A deadly attack in the dark of night her mother murdered. I realized that last conversation I had with her is, that was it. His father bruised and bewildered. I don't remember anything else other than waking up in the morning. Was it a robbery? Television's gone. Or was it something much darker? You were 11 years old when your mother disappeared. A missing woman, a murdered woman, and a lie. I didn't get through more than a page and a half, and I threw it. I could barely stomach to finish it. I'm Lester Holt, and this is Dateline. This one is truly, truly outrageous. It's she's so outrageous. I feel like when they're like going over the stories they're gonna do, and they're like deciding who's gonna get what. This was a clearly, like, it- yeah, this was clearly a Keith app because Keith comes in hot with. Oh my, it really is all about family. And I'm like, oh shit, this is going to be really bad. It's really bad, fam. So we learned the high desert opens up near Pueblo, Colorado, around 100 miles or so south of Denver. (laughs) Among the highest of the nation's deserts. Maybe a little closer closer to to heaven, heaven, perhaps? Keith? (laughs) Keith, coming in hot. This is where Shannon Palmer's mom and dad set out to create a good, safe, and holy life for their daughters, far from the risks and temptations of the city. It was awesome. Got to grow up with horses and dogs everywhere and chickens. 
Shannon Palmer is here with us today and her sister Kelsey. They grew up on a farm. They were homeschooled. Pam, their mother, was a devout Jehovah's Witness. Now, they, the mom was, the dad was, I got to tell you, my friend Jason, who like, Jason and Melissa are our two closest parent friends. Jason was a Jehovah's Witness. Oh my God. And we were just having dinner over the weekend and he was saying that he's still suffering the trauma Uh from that. Like, it was very traumatic. It's, um. He calls it a cult. It's a little culty. Yeah, okay. I didn't know that it was all centered around like the end of times like they, they oh, yes, for yes, many yes. many like millennia they had like the day picked out when it was going to happen and then when it didn't they had to readjust they just uh... it's very and I went to elementary school with two kids Nisha and Barry both Jehovah's Witnesses wow and I remember Nisha like bursting into tears once around the holidays because like we were all talking about whatever yeah. holiday we were celebrating and they don't it's it's it makes me sad when people are sad yeah look it's a really strict way of life very yeah. strict guidelines about you know beliefs family marriage sex, sex. like you're shunned if you or get divorced or if you cheat. And I'm like, divorce and infidelity are two very fucking different things. Mm-hmm. But in what we're told, like you're shunned and cast out, which and you, is like a lot. You cannot celebrate any holidays. Like there, you no. holidays, birthdays, nothing. It doesn't sound very fun. No. It's like a lot of rules and zero fun. We learn that Dad Jerry does not share the faith, but he respects the moms. And I'm like, wait, but you can do that? Like... How was Pam allowed to marry someone who didn't believe? It felt like that couldn't be part of it. But there's another family that we meet, and it's the same situation over there. But, like, I'm sorry. How frustrating must that be for the person who doesn't believe? Like, and well, then, but then you still have to follow the rules, right? I, I get, well, yeah, I would think. But the, his, So then you believe, Jerry. I know, I know. He just doesn't want to go to church an hour a week or, or whatever. Like, oh, whatever. Well, we learned that. Shannon and Kelsey's dad, he was never a real fan of the homeschooling. He wanted them to go to public school. But Pam wouldn't have it. She always wanted us to be this tall and and be her little girls. You know, she very genuinely loved us, and we were her world. Well, you were her reason to be. Yes. Oh, yeah. They were the apple of their mother's eye. I kept waiting for the mom here to be the bad guy. She isn't really. She's not. She makes some questionable choices, but, like, she loved her kids. And she finally, like, allows the girls to go to public school for high school. Right, because Keith is like, well, she learned she couldn't control her kids forever. No. So they went to high school. And now, like, Shannon is here with us. She's awesome, right? And she is explaining what a culture shock that is. Like, imagine growing up the way she grew up. And she wants us to know, like, she never felt like she missed out on anything. She loved her childhood. She loved her life. And I love that for her. Yeah. But imagine you're in Denver. Yeah. And you're going to school. You're going to high school. And like, it's so hard being a freshman in high school anyway. Yes. So then you're going to add this culture shock to it. And all of these things that like were forbidden in your house. I and know. Weren't, like would break the rules. Now you're surrounded by that. Well, and she's saying that like. I was there maybe a week and my new friends are like, let's educate you on the ways of the world. And I was, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Which of course included boys. She's been in there like, let's teach you about the world. Yeah. Like, all within the first week. And this includes Including boys. boys like Aaron. Girl, DraftKings is back. Oh, yeah. And we have a lot to say. Like, like a lot. Fab, they gave us straight up copy that they want us to read straight through. We're going to try to make it fun and interesting. Here we go. Here we go. Unwrap the first of many presents this season with Holidays on the House from DraftKings Casino. Fam, with hundreds of games, prizes, and promos, DraftKings Casino has everything on your list. Right now, new players who play $5 get $100 instantly in casino credits. That math sounds great to me. 
Fam, what are you waiting for? Cozy up with all the classic like slots, blackjack, and roulette. Or play exclusive games you'll only find at DraftKings Casino to feel the holiday cheer all season long. Download the DraftKings Casino app now and sign up with promo code TCO and play $5 to get $100 in casino credits. That's promo code TCO only at DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly 21 plus physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia only. Void in Ontario. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. One per opted in new customer. $5 wager required. Max 100 in casino credit awarded, which require one time playthrough within seven days. Terms at casino.draftkings.com slash holidays on the house. Restrictions apply. Aaron Candelario, he's here. He is, this guy is sweet as pie. And don't let the name fool you. He's no Jordan Catalano. No. Candelario. You know, it's very cute, though. I would have definitely had a crush. They start dating. Shannon and Aaron are like high school sweethearts. Shannon and Aaron are both here. They're not, like, they're not interviewed together, but they are both here. Yes. Aaron's like, I was so in love. Yeah. They were both homeschooled for a long time. They have like a lot of similarities. They see a lot of each other. Like, they were a perfect match, right? They get married super, super young because they're both Jehovah's witnesses too. And they say they were like very young but very driven to be together. Right. Like they were very passionate about their relationship. Right. And so Aaron's parents eventually split up and I'm like so someone was shunned, right? Right. Isn't that what that means? Yeah. Aaron's mom and dad split up and then one night Shannon's mother Pam sent the girls off to Bible study and told their father Jerry they needed to talk. She looked up and says I don't want to be married to you anymore. I don't want to be here. Rut row. Yeah, she dumps Jerry like a bad habit. <laughs> right. and, and Jerry's crushed, the poor guy. Jerry's here, and he's like, he describes like, she just looked up to me and said like, I don't want to be married to you anymore. I don't want to be here. And Jerry's kind of like, what was I supposed to say? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and it's heartbreaking. And now this is where Keith, I have notes, Keith. He's like, you yeah. know, because sh- Shannon and Aaron now have yet another thing in common. And Keith's like, they're both products of broken homes. And I'm like, do we seriously still I know. say that with a straight face? Wasn't he the That's one so like offensive. a couple episodes ago saying what? Lock all the time. Was that him? I, I don't think. know. We also, gotta stop. The way he says records, and you records. We, we did a, a Keith on Broadway when we did our show on Broadway. Remember we did, that? He, he stitched us on TikTok. Oh, that's right. Because we did our yes, the record for the record for the record, for the record. and he <laughs> says it a million times here too. Yeah. Record, record. You know what, Keith? Say record as many times as you want. We gotta I know. we gotta ditch the whole broken homes thing. But listen, we learned that just a few days before Aaron and Shannon's wedding, they're the 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 two the high school sweethearts. The high school sweethearts. Shannon's mother Pam. And Aaron's dad, Ralph, both of whom have just left their spouses, invite them over and say, say we need to have a conversation. And now it's days away from the wedding. So Shannon and Aaron are probably, it's probably some religious lecture. Oh, my mom and your dad wants to like talk to us about something. Or maybe it'll be a nice like congratulations Mm -hmm. or maybe, I don't know, who knows, but they are not expecting the conversation they walk into. They walk in, Shannon tells us, and her mother and his father (laughs) tell the the kids that are about to get married... They told us, we ran off, we eloped and got married. Wait, what? Your mother and Aaron's father? Yes. Who does that? Yeah, I don't know, but I can't tell you how much it felt like I got hit by a bus. Do you know what that meant? It meant that by the time you got married, you were marrying your stepbrother. Right. 
let's see if the math math. Yeah. So by the time you got married, you were marrying your stepbrother. And I'm like, love is love is I, love. Their fault. <laughs> it's not oh their my fault God. at all. So Shannon and Aaron are like, fuck this. Or yeah. like, frick this. Whatever. Fr- <laughs> whatever. Fr- 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 whatever. This. Fig this. Yeah. Whatever the Jehovah's Witnesses are allowed to say. Yeah. And without being cast out. Cast out. Like, bye. I know. I know. Shannon and Aaron would be better off. I know. Shannon and Aaron. Is that hard to say? No. No. Um, so they get up and leave. They cannot deal with this. But basically, like, just to slow down on this, yeah. Pam was cheating on her husband with her daughter's fiance's father. Yes. Because Pam's conversation with Jerry was so gutted. Like, he was gutted by it because it did come out of what he thought was a clear blue sky. Yes. And what happened is that Pam was breaking up with Jerry to now marry her daughter's fiance's father. Yes. Named and Ralph. By the way, insult to injury, Pam made Jerry file for the divorce because she could Because she's a Jehovah's Witness yes. and could, like, she's Pam, gonna be cast out. Into what? Outer darkness, as the Mormons say? <laughs> cast out. Yes, oh my I God. just watched Big Love again. What of it? Yeah. So obviously, this causes a major rift. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, yeah, it's weird. And, like, maybe Pam didn't handle it 100% right. But is everyone all mad because, like, they're Jehovah's Witnesses and they don't believe in divorce? Uh-huh. Or, is, or is Shannon just like, Mom, this is fucking weird. Don't be no, weird. No, I think, I think column B. Like, column I, def- B. I definitely think that, like, no, like number one, Aaron and Shannon are getting married in days. Right. And they're, like, they're stealing their the wind from their sails. Right. From their wedding. Of course, it's going to be awkward. Of course, the other two parents now aren't going to want to come to the wedding. If of they're going to, it's like, the, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're creating a lot of drama right before, like, what's supposed to be the biggest day of their lives. Yeah, and no, I get that. I'm just curious if, like... The, the shunning of divorce thing has I, any that role probably to play. also doesn't help I Who guess cares? yeah so but actually you know what I take it all back because Shannon and Aaron were married for about a year and a half and they get divorced so they're okay with divorce yeah, if it doesn't work out because Keith says that like look when they hit the little bumps most young marriages encounter it colored everything did your father and her mother's relationship have anything to do with what happened to you and Shannon you know, we were pretty determined not to let their relationship have an effect, but, you know, it's always something that's in the back of your head. They couldn't really overcome them because they were so fucked up that their parents left their parents to be with their parents. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Sure. But I'd also argue that maybe because they didn't really know who they were. Yes. When they got married, they didn't know each other. They didn't really know themselves. They got married right out of high school. Yeah. They were each other's first relationship. So it... This is no shade to either of them, but it, it kind of makes sense that they kind of woke up one day at 22. Yeah. And they were like, you know what? And you know what? Good for them for getting out of it young. Yeah. Like, not forcing Actually, themselves to Actually, a year and together. a half. They probably were only 20 or 21. Yeah. At the, at the oldest. So, you know, yeah, good. They probably were just like, oh, you're just my, we're just friends. Like, yep. I'm not feeling this anymore. Yeah. And but good for them. On the other hand, we learned that Pam and Ralph's marriage is like thriving. Thriving. To which I'm kind of like, okay, well, I, I mean, everyone deserves happiness, sure. right? You know, they move it. <laughs> Poor Jerry. Jerry's like, what about me? <laughs> Well, Jerry moved like seven hours away to somewhere else. Great. So Pam and Ralph move into this big house. They open yeah. up an antiques mall, and I'm like, what's that? I, I know. like antiquing. And an we, antiques mall. We see, I've seen antiques malls before. What is that? It's just like a big, it's like a big warehouse that you sell antiques out of. So it's not oh. like a tiny little store, it's like a mall. It's like a little mall. So it's like a bunch of different stores? No, it's okay. just like a big It's like, it's no. like, because you know, you think of antique stores as like little and quaint. This and is And you're going to knock something over. Yeah, like, I'm not going into an antique store. I'm bull, bull in a china shop. Because you know what something's worth? I, oh my God. Maybe the smallest thing is oh like, God, oh God, the little God. tchotchke worth $9,000. And the thing is, especially in like wintertime, you got your scarf and yep. your big coat on oh, and your God, bag. Like, bag. There should be like a little cubby area. Yes. I can't believe I'm saying these there words. There should but be certain people who are not allowed to go in. And I am on that list. I'm going in. I'm leaving you out in the car. I love a good antique store. 
you kidding? And they bought a vacation house. Yeah. Pam is thrilled. She's living her life. The other daughter, Kelsey, is like, my mom had never been happier. Right. So now, though, remember, Shannon is not speaking to her mother. They had this big falling out. Which, I mean, I understand. Like, the mom is happy. Shannon, the divorce happened. Maybe, I don't know. Three years goes by. Yeah. Three years after this big falling out. And they rarely have spoken to each other in this time. Pam calls Shannon asking if they can meet and talk. Look at the parent being the bigger, look at the parent being the parent. Good job, Pam. Yeah. She was so focused on wanting me to know that we had a future together, her and I. Wow, so finally she was coming around on her own accord. It felt like it, yeah. And she, you know, when I told her, I said, I can't handle you being my mother and being, did, you know, doing what you did. I said, but I want to be your friend and I want to try this. So this is a breakthrough lunch, really. It, it seemed like <laughs> it was it a breakthrough lunch, yeah. We're not diving into what it was before. Yes, we, gotta, we have to work into that. I, which bit. I think is totally fair. I agree. So a few days later, Aaron calls Shannon. Remember, they got divorced, right? Yes. Now, probably got divorced around two-ish years ago. Yeah, so he calls her and he just says, like, uh, something happened in Waltonburg, which is the town where the parents live. He said, my dad is being rushed to the hospital. They can't find your mom, but I think someone is dead. And I wrote, suddenly I'm Jennifer Lawrence. What do you mean? What do you mean? But, but what do you but, mean? But what do you mean? But what do you mean? Like, you and, know? And, and seriously, Shannon's like, also hi to also you hi. too. How long has it been since they spoke? So it's January 16th, 2014, 7 a.m. It's a cold morning in Colorado. And we learn that Ralph and Pam Candelario's neighbor, her name is Fairy. I was like, her name is Fairy. 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 Oh, like not the gay way. Well, say, I mean, if you're saying it, it's the gay way. So <laughs> whatever you got to do. Fairy. Fairy Trujillo. She had been on her way to work and she sees Ralph on the ground in front of his house. He's hurt. He's saying, help me, help me. Yeah, she says he's totally out of it. Like, And finally, he is able to articulate, we've been attacked and robbed. Yes. Pam and I both. Oh, my God. And we hear the 911 call. Fairy is very confused. He looks like he's been shot. He said someone broke in last night. Him and his wife both. How are they doing? Uh, he's not good. Crying and he's telling me to go help her. She's in the kitchen. She's saying he keeps telling me to go in and help his wife who's in the kitchen. Right. And the police finally arrive. They walk into the house. They find Pam. And Pam is discovered dead. And, like, her head is covered in blood. Yeah. And now Ralph wasn't shot. At first we thought maybe he was shot because he was so upset and there was blood everywhere. He was hurt, but he was not shot. No, and he's taken, he's airlifted to the nearest large hospital where Shannon, Pam's daughter, arrives looking for her mom, who she doesn't know yet is dead. And she sees Ralph in the hospital bed, and she says Ralph just fucking loses it upon seeing her. Right. He's, you know... Screaming, crying, sobbing, shaking, maniac. Yeah. And so, which for me is just a Tuesday. Just come on. You know what I mean? It's just a Tuesday. Like Daisy says something nice and you're like, oh, God, you're a puddle. Yeah. yeah. So, Eric Mullins is here. He's a local reporter. And he's telling us about the small town police department. He goes, they don't have murder cops on staff. Keith, who do you think you're dealing with here? I I, the guy to be airlifted to a hospital. Like, they didn't like this. This town needs some facilities, people. Travel. Girl, Helix is back. We give thanks every morning for our Helix. <laughs> this morning I got out of bed and I was like, GD it. I love my Helix mattress. Yeah, because it's hard to find a mattress that you love. And yes. it's really one of the only things that you use every single day in your life. And the whole thing is it's personalized to you because they've got that Helix sleep quiz. It takes two minutes. You get on the website. You, you fill out some questions. They ask you, like, are you a side sleeper? Are you a hot sleeper? Are you yeah. a cold sleeper? You, If you have a person who shares your bed, they can fill it out too. And then they pick the mattress that is perfect for you. Yeah, I didn't think... I think it would be possible because Mike and I sleep
sleep so differently and have different, yes. like really, really different preferences. No, they gave us the Midnight Lux and we have never looked back. And do you remember your personalized mattress was shipped right to your door for free? I do remember that. Remember that? I was so excited when it came. I'm not kidding. I was tracking it on the little tracker. It was like, I knew my life was going to change. I know that sounds really dramatic, yeah. but like I knew that having a mattress like that and knowing that like your bed is like your sanctuary yes. and you're waking up and you're feeling rested. It's great. No, it's everything. They want you to try it out in your own home because they know that makes the biggest difference. Right. That's why Helix offers a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try the mattress out in your house. Yeah, instead of like going somewhere and laying on a mattress for two seconds and right. being like, do I like uh, this or not? No, 100-night trial. Also, fam, you don't have to take our word for it. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress pick by GQ and Wired Magazine and by the True Crime Obsessed Podcast. I mean, obviously. Fam, Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash TCO and use code helixpartner20. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <laughs> I'm tired. I don't mean to say anything, but I'm exhausted. I'm looking forward to my I know. Helix. No, I know. I want to like, go home and, and just un- and unwind on my bed. You know, come on. <laughs> So we learned that, like, Ralph is banged up and bruised. He's confused. But they they take him, like, downtown to interrogate him anyway. Yeah, he's saying, my head hurts. It's been a horrible day. And I'm looking at him going, like, this guy doesn't look that bad. He doesn't. He looks okay. Like, His he was, wife is dead with, like, a gash, like, a major, like, head injury. I think what happened is that they saw him covered in blood. Yeah. And airlifted him because they saw Pam yes. and knew she was dead and said, we don't have time to really do this. Let's airlift him. And then they opened his bloody shirt and they were like, girl, Oh, he's okay. And, like. We see this interrogation video, and they like they keep saying he's confused, but like he seems fine to me. And he's saying like this is what he remembers happening. He yeah. says he got up to use the bathroom in the middle of the night, decided to go downstairs to make sure the wood burning stove was still lit. Okay, hold on. It's like a major. I don't know. It seemed like a, like you're giving up too much detail. Right, but like, wouldn't you want to make sure it wasn't still lit? Well, those can go all night because it's not like a fireplace. It's enclosed, and I think it's like the source of heat for the house. Right, but they were rich and lived in the suburbs. Yeah. So, right? That that's sort of I was like, Look, okay, I'm with you want you that, it to be on. I'm with you that there's holes in the story. Okay, well, well, God, <laughs> and we're just getting started. So, on his way down, so he's saying like, okay, great, good. Like the the wood burning stove is still lit. Perfect. That's exactly what I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And on his way down the stairs, he says, "Somebody hit him from behind." And then again from the side. And I put my arm up and boom. I mean, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. It hit me hard. You know, and so I went backwards. The the ringing, I, I couldn't see no more. I mean, I don't remember anything else other than waking up in the morning. The next thing he remembers is waking up to this, like, horrible scene the next morning. And it's, like, mid-morning because it's, like, a beautiful sunshine streaming in through the windows. And he says he wakes up and he sits up and he sees Pam lying dead on the floor down the hallway. Yeah, and he says there was blood everywhere and we hear him say she was cold, cold, cold. And he says, like, that's when he runs out of the house and collapses on the front steps. And that's when the neighbor, Ferry, sees him and calls for help. Right. And this is where we meet Vince Suarez, who's a cop, and he's like, okay, Ralph. (laughs) Um, it's as though Julian Pensavalli PD so, showed up. 
here's the thing. We always look at the people closest to the victim. You're yeah. the husband. However, this is a little different for us because you're the husband, but you're also saying you're a victim. Yeah. So we don't really know what to do here. And this is when we also meet Jody Wright from the CBI, which is the Colorado Bureau of Investigation. She says Ralph was very cooperative. Very, very. And so now, so Ralph is like, he's the husband, so he would be the prime suspect. But they're saying he's being cooperative. It might not be him. And let's- he's also a victim. He was there. Yes. So like, let's see, like, are there other angry men in her life? Right, like the spurned ex-husband, Jerry Palmer. So, remember, he was the ex-husband. He was cheated on. He was blindsided by the breakup. He must have been furious. And I'm like, yeah, and then he decided to attack her three years after the fact. Right, in the middle of the like, night. Exactly. We all have our own lives now. And, and he's, like, moved six hours away. But they, they do say it's no secret that he and Pam did not get along after the divorce. And this is where we get some more detail about how Pam, like, made Jerry file for divorce. The yeah. divorce he didn't want. It was no secret Jerry and Pam did not get along after the divorce. A divorce which, by the way, she asked him to file, since as a Jehovah's Witness, she wasn't allowed to. And so then you filed for divorce? I filed for divorce. Accommodating to the end. To the end. Accommodating till the end. And I'm like, cold as ice, Mr. Morrison. Keith back in his savage dress right? accommodating to the end. But it's like, what a shitty environment to be in like as a Jehovah's Witness like if someone leaves you it's okay yeah. and like you're allowed to still be in the cult but if you're the one who files you're shunned there's always ways around the rules you I know, know what but I it's mean like, it's a lot of paperwork for a cult I know I, I, I couldn't agree more just I like, know and it's also just like you're gonna you're gonna cast them out it's just so arbitrary I know who cares honest to God I, I don't well are you Jehovah's Witness? We've, we've got the end of the world to worry about. I promise you, know you I mean? she doesn't care. God doesn't give she a doesn't shit. Care. Just she doesn't be give, safe. Yep, absolutely. Take care of yourself. So the police called Jerry and he goes, I was more than happy to talk to them if they were willing to drive six hours to Nebraska. Yeah, I was doing Jerry's this over the phone. moved to Nebraska and he's like, I, Yeah, exactly. You wanna come you wanna drive up here? Come yeah. on and do it. And also what he's saying is like, I live too far. I couldn't have done this. No. I'm six hundred miles away. And they say like he was cleared pretty quickly. And so you know what? So was everybody. Shannon, yeah. Jerry, Aaron, they all either lived too far or had airtight alibis, like okay. Okay, no one, they didn't do this. So they're trying to get more evidence from the crime scene, and they're testing absolutely everything. Yeah. Including... A fucking blow poke. They call it a fire poker. I know, but we all know it's a blow poke. And I'm like, is that the same thing as a blow poke? It's an absolutely the blow poke. Like from the staircase, from everybody? From the staircase, yeah. So anyway, a so fire they, poker is here. So the blow poke, they say... The crime scene people did find some things, mind you, including a bloody fireplace poker that turned out to be the murder weapon. The marking on her head was the exact replica of the shape of the fire poker, the end of the poker. So, like, this is obviously the murder weapon. Now we meet Dina and Mark, their neighbors, and they're telling us how scary this is for the small town because if the family was cleared, they're like, there's a killer on the loose and could we be next? Yes. Dina, I know. the poor thing, didn't even want to go to her painting class. And I'm not you making know, it's fun like, of her. It's definitely wine and watercolors, which I would absolutely sign and up God and take with damn Dina. It, she's earned that hour and a half. She should I have know. it. I, my, I was like, Dina. I know. I felt, and I'm not making fun of Dina. I, you know what? You have to have your stuff. You have to have your little self-care. She was so distraught. I want to go to Wine and Watercolor. She missed her painting class. I know. Yeah. I know. People are afraid to go outside. There's a fucking killer on the loose. Right. I want to mention here, this is where we learn about the local newspaper that yes. I, I had to write the name out f- phonetically. What is it? It's the 
Kono World Journal. Great. And we meet local journalist Eric Mullins. He's going to come back in a little bit. Yeah, he was he, the guy who was like, what do you think? They have like murder police? Like, yes. Well, no, this, we don't do this here. Where Fano, though, like that, it is not spelled phonetically. How do you spell it? I, can't, I, did, I only wrote it down phonetically. Okay, smart. <laughs> smart. I know. But put a pin in the Where Fano World News. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to her. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Ralph is giving the cops a tour of the house, which is yes. the murder scene. And they say that it was like a house full of like vintage treasures. Because remember, they got that antique small I'm not, that I'm not allowed small. to go into. Right, which just for your own safety. For my own, for my, for my own safety, yes. And this is all filmed, like Ralph's yes. tour. So he's pointing out things that were stolen and damaged. Because remember, Ralph's like, I was trying to check our heat source. Yes. And then I was hit on the head and hit. <laughs> and then I woke source. up and I and like I woke up to this terrible scene. So Ralph is just like, oh, that's out of place. And yep. That's out of place. And the so TV is missing. The TV is missing. We also learn an important detail here. Everybody knew the Candelarios had a nice house filled with vintage treasures, some of which were missing, as Ralph told the police during a videotape tour. Well, television's gone. Okay. The Candelarios had been about to leave on vacation, so maybe the intruders thought they were gone and we're surprised to find them at home. What, like, they're saying is that, like, maybe they were robbed. They were supposed to have been gone already, but they delayed it by a day or something. So the idea is that maybe, like, the intru- it was like a robbery turned, like, went wrong because right. the intruders, like, thought they weren't going to be there. And this is kind of a small town, so someone calls the cops, like, to help the cops get to the bottom of yes. it. And just, like, rats out these two drug dealers. Yes. <laughs> saying, like, there are some shady non-white drug dealers that yes. I've seen around here. Like, they probably did this, right? Ramon Barros and Jose Nina Walfa. <laughs> Known drug users, according to the documentary. Oh, drug users? Yeah. Not even dealers? No, 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 I think they did both. Okay. Yeah. Still, they're not white, and they probably did it, according yeah, to well, this exactly, anonymous phone exactly. call. Exactly. And they wanted, like, some informant says they saw Ramon, like, trying to sell jewelry the day after the murder. Yeah. Like, I'm sure he was. Right. Right. <laughs> like, right. Pam's the only one who's got jewelry around no, here? No, they're not the killers. So then, out of the clear blue sky. Yes. Ralph walks into this World Journal offices. The Say what? it! Where for now? The Where for now World, World Journal, Journal offices. He has written an account of his harrowing experience. And I know you don't like my tone, but you better I stick know. with me. Eric, the reporter, says, look, I've been working in news since I was 15 years old. I've seen a lot of things walk into the newsroom, but I've never seen anything like this. And it's like an open letter to, to the, the public. Town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Keith wants us to know that it's filled with typos. Yeah. I know. Filled with it. Keith was like, we got to say it because we're going to show some of this text. I will not have them think that I wrote this Please. wrong. But Ralph, what's the most interesting or the most important about this, and we're going to get into all these details, but Ralph has changed his story. Yes. Because the letter has more details than ever before. Suddenly he can describe his attackers. Yeah, because what they're saying is that like Ralph learned a lot through his interview sure. at, when he was in the hospital. Of course. So he's giving a story and the cops are like, no, that couldn't have happened then. And that definitely didn't happen then. Right. So like all these days later, weeks later, whatever it is, Ralph has written an account that has like tried to correct the timeline that he right. knows he got wrong. But also, side note, we get Keith reading the letter from the newspaper. Sitting in a coffee shop. So he has his reading glasses yeah, on yeah, yeah. and then he takes them off when yeah. he talks to us. So he'll read, <laughs> yes. he'll read some, some quote, which is like pretty racist about how yeah. he saw a glimpse of the person and he describes this like racist thing. I got a glimpse of that person, the tall, dark man with yellow glasses, short, curly hair, wide nose, large lips and marks on the sides of his face. The tall guy was talking on the phone in Spanish, he said. One of the two felons the tipster called out, hard to know. And then he'll like 
whip off his glasses to ask us a question and then quickly put them back on and he's like gesturing as he's it's very Catherine O'Hara and waiting for Guffman it's like you close your eyes and then you look back at the person and then but you never open your eyes while you're looking at the person that's Keith like whipping the glasses off it is cinema it is theater it's high theater with Keith every time you know Joshie Manx is not doing that shit like at one point Keith's like he's gesturing to the paper as he talks about it he's like it says here this idiot that Ralph saw the attackers and then he'll look at us like but we all know that's not true but this is wild He's like written up like his timeline of the story. The police don't want the where for no world news, which I, no. I can't say enough times. They don't want them to print it. They print it anyway. But so, but here, but the story is two men were there. Yes. They were speaking Spanish. Yep. Then he saw Pam injured and alive. Now, originally, he told the cops he woke up and Pam was dead. dead. Yes. Now he's changing his story. Ralph also says he was shot, yep. which is like the doctor can say. In two, that's a very provable lie. Yep. I don't get why people do that. Provable I know. Lies. It makes no sense. He was so scared he peed his pants or <laughs> he soiled, soiled his pants. pajamas. <laughs> now, the attack lasted two whole horrifying days. I thought you woke up to this horrible yeah. scene. So the letter's published. The cops are pissed, but the journal's like, the what? The Warfano? The Warfano World News. World News Report or whatever <laughs> is just like, fuck you, we're doing it. But no one can believe what they were reading and it just keeps going. Yeah. Because we get this, I'm not, I don't want to make light of this because like, it's a shitty thing that Ralph alleges. He's now saying he was also sexually assaulted. Now, it's because this is weeks later. Yes. So he posts this long letter and then weeks later, he's like, and one more thing that yep. I now feel comfortable enough saying I was sexually assaulted. I was too embarrassed to say it before, which of course everyone understands, Yeah, but I'm saying it now. It's such a weird, why make up that lie? What does that get him? It's this open letter is over 3,000 words long. It's 3,300 words. <laughs> and this is like the whole story. Immediately we cut to Shannon and her sister, who's yeah. Pam's daughters. They don't buy it for a second. It felt overly dramatic and very just glamorous that he was the victim of this. And that wasn't... That made me sick. And angry, obviously. Yeah. Her sister Kelsey's interpretation? I thought it was very strange. I thought that he had some work to do on a story because it sounded really phony. He was making himself the victim and all of that. Excellent like, point. Her mother is dead. Her right. mother is fucking dead here. Right. And the cops aren't buying it either. And CBI Jody's like, yeah, nothing that he wrote matched up the evidence. In fact... Everything in the letter is explaining or covering up the stuff they found at the crime scene. Exactly. And making himself the victim and not talking about Pam and, 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 and. So it's just so bad. It's like if they go back to his first statement that he gives at the police station, he then, this is correcting every single thing that they right. called him on. And they show us an example. So, you know, that filmed walkthrough. Yes. We see Ralph getting pretty agitated because he realizes that like all the knobs on all the dressers are missing. Because like they're doing their job. He's saying that like we were broken into and robbed so they removed the knobs off the dresser to like dust them for fingerprints at the lab downtown right. like this is them believing your story and Ralph. he's like where are all the knobs right. and they're like we took them for evidence and he's like I, but I don't understand why the knobs are gone because what well, I think what Ralph is learning in real time A it's probably like a $14,000 antique chest or whatever and this is also before the letter remember yes this yes. is before but he's also thinking like wait if they dust for fingerprints and they find nobody else's fingerprints just mine and Pam's right. I'm gonna be fucked so when he writes the letter yes he writes that the attackers wore, this is a quote. I mean, oh my this God. This is not like a, a glitch or a typo. Right? 
The attackers wore, quote, gloves with LED lights on them. Which, Keith of course, never heard of these. Right. And Jody was like, I, I had to Google them. Yes. But apparently they exist. But this, of course, explains why there isn't anyone else's DNA in the house. Or right? fingerprints. Right. Or fingerprints. So he's changing things to match the time. Can scene. you explain to me what gloves with LED lights look on that look like and why they would exist? I don't know. What what I, what, what is the point of I that? I guess if you have to work at night, if you're out, like. So you don't need, like, a flashlight or something? I guess so, yeah. So that you don't have to, yeah, hold a flashlight and also work. You can what just a just weird on your hands. detail. Like, what a weird detail for him to, like, to add. Like, yeah. gl- gloves wasn't enough. He had to add the flare of the LED lights. I know. Yes, of I course. appreciate your flare, Ralph. But you know what? It's the it's the provable lies. That I know. Me. It's so great because it's like, where are they now? Uh, right. What are you talking about? And there's another example. There, there was a broken window. Oh, yeah. The glass goes out, not in. If you're breaking in, right. the glass would be in the living room, not on your front lawn. The police, of course, brought that up with Ralph and... What did he write in his letter? I went out the back and the rear door glass was broken. Some pieces fell out when I opened the door. (laughs) He was breaking out, not them breaking in. And then like some glass fell out when I opened the door. This is when Keith looks to camera like, (laughs) I know. So this is what I'm dealing with here. This is what we're dealing with here, says Keith. And he does like a little chuckle, like a little eye roll. And I'm like, Keith, you're loving every second I just love that Keith does not suffer fools. Do you know what I mean? Not for a second. No. He doesn't give one sweet flying fuck. Remember that? (laughs) But everyone knows something is up because he put this in the paper. So now neighbors, everyone is reading it and analyzing it and trying to figure out what makes sense and what doesn't. He put it in front of too many eyes. The other thing is that he changes the time of Pam's death. They say that he backs it up by more than 24 hours, which was in response to the police telling him that she had to have died earlier than he said. Like, we see the moment in the interview where he's saying, the cop is saying to him, like, she definitely was not dead before 3 a.m. We know that that's not what happened. So he adjusts that to now this two-day-long, torturous, horrible experience, right? Girl, comment to your ears back. This is that hyper-fresh, flash-frozen coffee puck that you can make, like, in seconds in your kitchen without any waste. I know, because I did it myself this morning. Yeah, you can make hot coffee, you can make iced coffee, you can make lattes. Yes. The way you do it is you just, like, boil some water, you take the puck, you put it in your cup, you pour the water on top, bada-bing, bada-boom, you got your coffee. Is that right? Yes. Let me tell you, not only is it delicious, and do I absolutely love it, yes, I do, you're not wasting. I used to make a full pot Mm -hmm. of coffee for one cup, and then also those disgusting coffee grounds that get everywhere and stink up your garbage. That's a thing of the past. Yeah, and all you need are these, they're pucks, right? Not pods. All you need are these pucks. Like, you don't need this new, like, fancy or expensive coffee machine or whatever. It's all about the puck. Yeah, and it comes in a little box. You stick it right in your freezer. It takes up no space. And, like, and your coffee is fresh and and new every time. Yeah, and you don't have to clean anything up. Are you kidding? Oh, my, I know. The coffee grounds were the thing that made me the craziest. Nobody wants to touch those. They are so disgusting. And it's like sand. It's just everywhere. It's just everywhere. (laughs) And did you know that they have this exclusive holiday starter pack. Stop it. And you can get a free travel tumbler if you go to cometeer.com slash TCL and sign up. What? Well, fam, speaking of which, this is the most wonderful time of the year and it just got tastier. Enjoy a limited edition holiday starter pack when you join Cometeer. Go to cometeer.com slash TCO for an exclusive holiday starter pack and you get a free travel tumbler when you sign up. That's a free fellow travel tumbler when you sign up at C-O-M-E-T-E-E-R dot com slash TCO. I mean, I never realized how much I hate coffee grounds until I, I didn't have to deal with them anymore. I drink Cometeer every morning. It's, it's my it's incredible. my go-to now. Incredible. Screw you, Dunks. Whoa. <laughs> hey, now. 
Girl, HelloFresh is back. It's like stepping into a warm bath. I don't even, I can't read the copy because I'm old and my eyes can't see anything, oh. but I don't even need to read it because I know everything about it. Why don't you tell me a thing or two? Well, no, okay. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. That's right. They send it right to your house. You're saving money over ordering out or even going to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Everything is pre-measured. It's pre-made. They have like over 40 or something meals you can choose from every single week. Yep. You order it ahead of time. When you have HelloFresh in the fridge, you always know what's for dinner. You're not having that 4.30 p.m. panic attack. It's true. Let me tell you something. This actually happened last night. So last night, we had like a Patreon hang, right? Yes. It was at 6.30. Mike was also leaving at a certain time. So I was like, if I want to make and eat dinner, yes. I got to do it now. Yep. I only had like 45 minutes. Oh I my God. I was able to make the flatbreads. This this problem was tailor-made for HelloFresh. Are you kidding? And I, I was like, I don't know if I have enough time. And I was like, no, it's Hello. I can absolutely do it. I knew what we were making. Yes. I made it quickly. Yep. And I we got to enjoy it before Mike had to do his thing and I had to do my thing. And it was like, perfect. It makes your house smell like a restaurant. Yeah. You, a lot of these things you can make in like one pot or pan. Yeah. And it makes it feel like, oh, I'm eating like a delicious and nutritious yep. meal yep. instead of just like scarfing something down in the limited time that I have. Totally. Fam, you know we love HelloFresh. They're basically family. We want you to get in on it. Go to HelloFresh.com slash TCO free and use code TCO free for free breakfast for life. This doesn't make any sense to yeah. me. Yeah. Okay. So it's one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash TCO free with code TCO free. HelloFresh. I can't have you going out of business. You're I giving know. away too much. I know. But it's delicious. I know. I know. It's for like another meal you don't have to worry about. Thanks a lot, HelloFresh. for life. Come I cannot. On. Come on. We also get this whole thing about the blowpoke. Like, the cops are saying that it was very curious. The cur- fire poker. I know. I'm going to call it the blowpoke because... I, <laughs> I was like, that's the same thing, It's right? a fucking blowpoke. Oh, my God. But they're, the cops are, are saying they found the blowpoke in in its cradle next to the fireplace. Right. Like, right, right in its place where right, it should have been. Where it should have been. And they're saying that, like... Normally, if you used a weapon, you're going to find it somewhere around where your victim is. And, uh-huh. And it looked like the poker had been put back in its original place. Here's what Ralph wrote. I picked up the poker to stir up the fire. I saw blood on the end of it and put it down. And then put Came it right it, back. Put it right, put it right, right back. back. Yeah. You know, these people like their antiques. They like everything just so. Better put it Like, no. <laughs> so can we rewind for a little bit yeah. and talk about Aaron, the young husband who didn't last long? He this married Pam's daughter. This story comes out of left field for me. Yeah. So he married Shannon, Pam's daughter. Ralph is yes. his father, this yeah. guy who had this horrible experience. So his parents split up when he was young. And Dina, different Dina, not who was going to paint by numbers or whatever. Yeah. What did you call it? Wine and watercolors? Wine and watercolors, okay. yeah. Not a different Dina. Dina, Aaron's mother, just picked up and left him. She left a note, bailed on the kids, Even and now, that's the story. Aaron is like, I remember coming home from school and the handwriting was weird, but it basically said, I love you, my boys, but right. I have to go. And immediately you're like, no, she didn't. I mean, if this man did nothing else but fake this letter to his son, that is, that is so fucking cruel. It's so fucking Cool. To let an 11-year-old kid think that their mother just abandoned right. them. Of like, course. that is so awful. So Aaron, they filed a missing persons case and nothing ever came of it. But Aaron, like, his whole life could not let this go. The dad said that he, that mom must have run off to Missouri to be with some guy she had been talking to there. And I'm like, oh, God. I know. I mean, it, it, it's just, it's just so cruel. So not only... 
does Aaron not believe that his mom just picked up and left him and his brother? Yeah. He's convinced that his father killed his mother. He, like, does his... He starts his own, like, investigation when he's just a teenager. He's actively searching for his mother's body because he thinks his father, Ralph, who just had this harrowing two-day-long experience, yeah. killed his mother. Like, he's... There are caves outside of Denver that he, like, as a 13-year-old is going and searching for his mother's uh. remains. And then one day, in his search... I've been going through some of my dad's stuff in the basement. I found a box stuff that supposedly she had taken with her. Um, it was a denim jacket that her mother had given her, a uh, passport, driver's license, a cell phone were down there. Wait a minute. What was that like? That was kind of the final straw. And naturally, if she was gone, she would have taken those things with her. Exactly. And it's filled with, like, all the things that you take. That the dad said she took. Like, right. like, her favorite jacket, but also her passport. Her driver's license, her cell phone. If you picked up and left your whole family, you'd take your phone and your license, right? And the thing that is so wild is that, like, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything. He, like, finds it, closes the box. But what do you do? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do when you, like, I mean, you can't. Yeah, what, is he going to confront a murderer? Confront a murderer. Then he loses both of his parents. Right. Then, what, he goes into the foster care system. Like, yeah. they're, like he just lives with this truth about his dad. So he grows up a little bit more. He's in high school. He meets Shannon. He falls in love. He gets married. But Shannon says, like, yeah, he never really talked about his mom. Sometimes in the middle of the night, I'd wake up and just hear, like, keyboard clacking or he'd be going like all over these papers trying to figure out what happened. Like laying out the stuff, like all whatever he had left from his mother, laying them out like in the middle of the living room floor at two in the morning. And I'm like... Did Aaron not tell his wife that he thinks his father murdered his mother? I don't think he did. I don't think he told anybody. And I feel like ab- Keith is like the first person he told. Right. But what about after his father married his wife's mother? Right. Right. I'm just curious. They, they're they not clear about that. That's right. That's so, a really good question. Because, it, because if Shan- Shannon isn't saying, and I never knew what those papers were for. Uh-huh. She's not saying that at all. Uh-huh. So I'm, I have to assume that Aaron was like, here's a weird thing about my dad. And maybe... That's what caused the rift. Maybe I mean, that's what caused. But also, why would you leave Pam alone with a murderer? Exa- and then, like, also, when she dies and he doesn't, wouldn't it be front of everybody's mind that he killed her? Right. Well, here's what happened, though. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, Aaron, you got to tell somebody. Guess what? Joke's on me. He does. Yeah. Because after Pam is murdered, he goes to the cops. And yeah. he's like, okay, the alarm bells are going off. I just have to say these words. I can't believe I'm saying it. But I think my father killed two women. And I yeah. think he killed Pam. And I think he killed my mom. And, like, I don't know what to do. But I'm telling you. And, like, they believe him right away. And the CBI like enlists Shannon now to get Ralph on the phone to try to see if he if, like she can get him to spill the tea. Because what happens is she's the only one who made him cry when she went to see yes. him in the hospital. Like yeah. they think that maybe he has some affection for her, and they're like, Shannon, yeah, make a phone call, do that nice person <laughs> thing you do, and maybe get him to cry or crack uh-huh. or something, and we'll be recording it. And she does it. Yeah, but like he sticks to his story. Yeah, and she is pressing details because as you, it is her mother, yeah. and so she's just trying to see like what really happened. How do we get to the bottom of it. And Ralph just starts lying again because he's saying more things that don't add up. Like something didn't sound quite right. And I don't know. And that's and it just saw him for like a split second. A split second? Remember, in his letter, Ralph said his captors held him and abused him for nearly two days. But the published newspaper letter said it was a two-day abusive ordeal. Exactly. So even when he's confronted with it, he, he's not keeping track of his lies. Oh, my God. I mean, that's the whole thing about th- these murderers. Like, to keep the lies straight right. is How a full-time you? job. And let me tell you, if you're going to publish it in the newspaper, yeah, remember yeah. that one. I mean, Remember the a, ones you posted. I know. Stay stupid, everybody. Stay stupid. It's and amazing. also, like, Shannon sounds terrified on this of call, course. which I fucking hate. Because she's so nice, and she never knew she was going to be doing this. And who knows if Ralph's going to catch her. And then, you know. 
know. It's just, it's it's horrible. They also, like, the investigators are, like, looking through the evidence, like, the, the seized computers, and they find that, like, somebody was on Match.com just days before the murder. It's him because he matched with people. He did? He matched with people. He had a girlfriend. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Hello? <laughs> right. He had a girlfriend, yes. and, and someone was like, she said they were carrying on for most of his marriage to Pam, so he was cheating. Yeah. On Pam. And so, like, not only was he cheating on Pam and then murdered Pam, we learned that Pam, like, was also not that happy in the marriage. Uh, so, like, Shannon tells us, remember that lunch they had, like, right before Pam died? The breakthrough lunch. The breakthrough lunch. She's saying that, like, my mom was saying to me, like, I'm not even that happy. Like, I threw uh, my family away. I, like, lost right. my relationship with both of my daughters. And I, like, I, I should be happier than I am. Yeah, like, she realized that the loneliness was creeping in and she so she was trying to like salvage what she could with Shannon. The perfect life of like the vacation house and the antiques mall that I'm not allowed to go into. No. And then like the big house with the yeah. like she has two big houses in the antique shop. It's so sad. It is. It's really sad. We're back at the crime scene with the investigators. This guy, this Ralph guy is just so fucking so stupid. stupid. He, like the murderers are so bad at this stuff. Yeah. Because we learned. I was searching the kitchen area and found in the washing machine uh, two small size rugs. And the rugs were still very wet, um, and they were balled up to one side. But when Ralph saw the rugs during a walkthrough with the police, he didn't seem to recognize them. I mean, I've, I've never seen these rugs. The minute we heard he'd never seen them, we knew the rugs had importance. We just didn't know how. I didn't know why, yeah. but I had to find out why, because the fact that he was like, well, rugs? What rugs? What rugs? I've never seen a rug in my life. Oh, you know the rugs like, that the murderers brought in and, did, and put through the laundry? Jody's like, I'm now obsessed with these rugs. So they send them off to be tested, and they come back, and they've got Pam's blood on them. And I'm like, bing, bang, boom, we got him. Well, and Keith's like, or do we? The thing is, that blood evidence on the rug seems to be the thing that puts them over the top and enables them to arrest him. Right. So they get an arrest warrant. They arrest Ralph, and they can't, unfortunately, because he's gone. He skipped town. Yeah. This is going into a commercial. And it seems like it's going to be a much bigger deal than it is. And it is, it is like a like the he's the poster child for stay stupid. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. He's on the run. Right. The cops you track him down using his own phone and like, the GPS. They called. They literally like fake a friendly phone call just to find out where he is. He takes the call. He answers the phone when the cops call. <laughs> oh, hey, Jim. He's they're like, hey, do you do you have notes on my amazing letter that I wrote you? Did you know it was three thousand words? I mean, all he, of them lies. He like if you're if you're running away. Hey, turn your goddamn phone off. What turn is wrong with you? Even Robert Durst need to turn his phone off. I was sitting in my apartment this morning. I have not committed a crime. There was an unknown number calling me. Yeah. Did I answer it? Absolutely no, not. Why would you? Why would I? And it wasn't even scam likely. It was unknown caller. No way. Say it to my face. Show me who you are. <laughs> unknown caller. I, even a scam likely would get it. Would get a pickup. Unknown caller. Who do you think An you are? Unknown caller. That's that has bad news written all over it. <laughs> so he was in Northern California. This Ralph guy, yeah. and they charge him with first degree. Oh, hang on a second. We see them pull him over. In Northern California. Walk back to the sound of my voice. Back to me. You all right? Yeah. The first thing the cop says to him is, you okay? You okay? Like, who cares? <laughs> I hope he's miserable. They're screaming at him five seconds. You're going to blow his head off. Guys, it's just me. You okay? Remember you... your favorite author, you Ralph. <laughs> your favorite <laughs> fiction author, I'm, Ralph. I, I officially have a column in the Where for No World News. Are you kidding me? fiction. So it's February 25th, 
2016 and the trial starts. Yeah. Now, the prosecution wants to talk about his first wife, Dina, yeah. which is, they think, very valuable, but the judge won't allow it because I, they want to, like, show a pattern. I do not understand how this is not germane to his case. I know. He kills his wives. Yes. You know what I mean? And I guess the judge would argue, I'm not saying I agree, but would argue, like, where's the proof? Yeah. Maybe she just picked up and, like, it's it's a case that they could never, they would have to solve that case. I guess that's right, because she's missing. You're because right. She's you're missing. Right. Yeah, well, I guess we can't say that she, that he but, killed her. But right. I do understand that the prosecution's like, yeah, but like, what a coincidence, it's right? It's the staircase of it all. Like, I don't think Michael Peterson is guilty. Come for me if you want to. But like, the evidence of his, of like, the across the street neighbor falling down the stairs and him being the first person to find her should be allowed into, I think that makes yeah. sense to be allowed into the trial for your wife who died on the stairs. Doesn't look great. Doesn't look Doesn't great. Doesn't look great. No. But what they can use is the letter. Yes. Because the letter contradicts absolutely every piece oh of evidence. Again, 3,300 words of bullshit <laughs> that Ralph's like, this is exactly what happened to me. And then they have yeah. the videotaped interviews with him. They have the actual scientific evidence. So the prosecution's like, all right, we'll take the letter. At least we have that. Can I also say the, the prosecution's motive here? Ralph murdered Pam because divorce would get him disfellowshipped, cast out from his church. Pam wasn't leaving, and so he had only one option left. If he became a widower, he'd be free to marry again. It was, said the prosecutors, one of the more disturbing motives for murder they'd ever heard. It's not even money. It's not even for, like, an insurance payout. He murdered her rather than just divorcing her so he could be with his mistress. Right. Like, like oh, my God. Oh, my God. And the defense is saying that Pam walked in on a burglary, which yeah. happens because, quote, all of the drugs around. I and know. I'm like, okay, Pam is hit in the head. They bludgeon her with the, the blow poke, the fire yeah. poker from the fireplace. So that's what the defense is saying. The defense is believing this. Okay, defense, that's fine. But, like, make it make sense that it went from being, like, a two-hour thing to a two-day-long ordeal where yeah, he never the, saw. And I'm sure they have like trauma quote experts. Everyone's an expert yeah. saying like, well, he like repressed memories or whatever. But it's like, I'm sorry. It's his it's his version of events and they're all wrong. And I'm also just like, I'm sorry. Over the course of that 48 hours, nobody saw them. They or didn't heard to, anything. They didn't make a phone call or answer a phone call. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. So, and I'm like, I just, I don't know why we're trying to get, like, he's just a murderer. He's a There's murderer. no rhyme or reason. Like, no. he's just a murderer. Yeah, and so guess who agrees with you? The jury. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, great. <laughs> um, he is found, I mean, it's horrible, yeah. but he's found guilty of first-degree murder. On the day set aside for his sentencing, Ralph decided the plot needed one more twist. The jail issued him a safety razor to clean up for court. Ralph used it to slash his wrists and throat. They give him, like, a prison-issued razor to, like, clean himself up for sentencing. Uh -huh. Why are we doing this? I don't know. Like, especially on the day of the sentencing. Let him clean up the next day. Right. But it doesn't work. But no. He tries to kill himself. I mean, he gets, like, he, he like, slashes his wrist and his Ugh. neck. But, like, the judge only gives him one day to recover, drags him downtown to court for sentencing the very next day. Also, Aaron, his son, doesn't give a shit. No. There's no, he's like, oh, my dad tried to kill himself. Okay. Like, like Aaron, everything about Aaron's childhood has just been confirmed with what happened with Pam. Yeah. And I think Aaron is really, I feel like there's a sense of just, like, closure for him. Yeah. It's going to be sad always, but, like, because we do need to get to the bottom of what happened to Dina. Do you think there's a chance for Aaron and, and Shannon to have an, a second act? I, I, you know, I like them together. I like them together. I think they've been through a lot that it's not a reason to stick with yeah. somebody. But I do think it's, maybe they'll just be the best of friends, because you can't, if you weren't in it, you can never feel really understand it's it. true. Whether it's the Jehovah's Witnesses or just this really terrible experience. Uh -huh. So I do hope they stay in each other's lives, because I think they, they need each other. Yeah. In that way, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. So he ends up getting life without parole. And like Keith is back talking to the investigators. And the investigators are like, Jody especially is kind of getting teary, but she doesn't want to. And Keith goes, I got to say, by the way, don't want to embarrass you, but I have found that investigators of um, homicides are the biggest softies on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> We're not supposed to let that out, but once in a You're while You're not supposed to care as much as you do, but you really do. <laughs> you do. Oh, you become very attached. Homicide investigators are the biggest softies you on the softies. planet. You softie. You softie. I don't like getting blood drawn. Oh, like yeah. the prick I can deal with a Nobody little bit. Nobody likes that. No, no one likes it, right? Yeah. But I'm, I'm also like actively not great. Uh-huh. And I just tell people. They have to take so much. They're taking like five vials of blood. They take what a lot. What is that? And when they're good, they're good because you don't feel it. And then you're like, oh, is that all? But Do you it, know what that job is called? Uh, uh, um, it's a, it's a phlebotomist. phlebotomist. Yes. Oh, I was so close. What a great name for a job. It's because you don't want to say blood. Right. Blood taker. I'm the blood. I'm the person who sticks the needle in your vein and sucks the blood out of you. Um, but I, I, I'm very honest when I'm like scared or nervous, like on, on planes to flight attendants, they're like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm terrified. Just so you know. Look over at you on a plane when we're on the runway. You're sobbing before we even take off. So I'm very like, they're like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, I'm great. I'm really scared about this. I know you're doing your job. So yeah. I like get a little chatty. Uh-huh. And this one nurse, what was her name? Annette. I, Cause, and then there was Kat, the amazing flight attendant. So when you're like nice to me in a moment of me being honest with like yeah. my fear, it's, it always sticks with me. But Annette was like, can I tell you something? And then I was like, are you done already? But she told me the story that the guys, she's like, I'm going to tell you about someone who cried the most <gasps> getting their blood drawn. He was like an enormous. Because he was Patrick Hines. Because he was Patrick Hines. Chubby gay guy. No, he was on the bomb squad. Oh my God. He was on the bomb squad. And like on the, you just need to be meticulous. You need to be. And she was like, he was a big guy. He was a <gasps> former boxer. He's on the bomb squad oh now. She's God. like, he was the biggest baby I'd ever oh. seen. Now, Annette, you could have been lying to me to yeah, make yeah, me feel yeah, yeah. better, but it worked because I was yeah. like, is that it? Are you done? She was like, she gave me a Band-Aid. It was good to go. Oh. But I don't know where the hell that came from. What were we just talking about? I don't know. Something about drugs. No, the investigators know. are softies. Oh, right, right. Sometimes the, the people you don't think like look like softies yeah. are actually softies. That's a great way to end the Thanks, FGP. Annette. We love um, you. I'm not done, though. Oh, okay. Because Aaron says, like, we need to fight for justice for Dina, right? Because yes. it ends with Aaron saying, like, Aaron will go on searching hoping to learn what happened to his mother. Yeah, I will be looking. Probably, in in some way, my entire life, I'll always be asking questions. And Shannon and her family are also destroyed. And my last thought was like, wow, because this episode is called Tangled. I was like, it really is a tangled web. It really is a tangled web. Sometimes the episode names are a little much. Yeah. Just call it a tangled web, not just tangled. All right. You know what I mean? Sure. Do you have any other notes? Um... We got to stop with the broken home thing, but we addressed that. Okay. Other than that, <laughs> I'm pretty you. good. Justice for Dina. Done and done. Justice for Dina. Oh, girl, we did it. What's it called? Oh, it's Tangle. Called it's called Tangle. It's, it's, it's called Tangle. We know you have your issues with that. <laughs> Do you want to know the next episode we're doing? Yes. This is so famous. It's called The Sting. Oh, my God. Season 25, episode 13. It is a classic, very, very, very oh, famous I've, episode. Oh, I've watched this one. Yes. Oh, this one is wild. It is, it is a whole lot of things, but it is classic <laughs> Dateline. Oh, yeah. All in right. the history books. Stay tuned for the trailer for that, fam, and our funny and hilarious outtakes and we love you we thank you for you. making this our jobs we thank love you so you. much thanks so much and uh, we'll see you soon we love doing these we'll bonus steps for you alright bye bye is she the villain is she the victim who knows that is what makes her riveting tonight a new twist in the case no one could quite believe is your husband Michael 
Okay, I'm sorry to tell you, man. He's been killed. The story that's more far-fetched than fiction. Her screaming and wailing. It was unreal. Did this young wife hatch a devious murder plot? Or was it all for show? We had a police department that broke all the rules. Now, a whole new ending to this true crime cliffhanger. Oh my God. The evidence that supports me is, is conveniently missing. Remember when they found the blowhook in the I staircase? Don't. Spoiler. I do remember. They do eventually find it. I hated that. I loved the staircase. <laughs> Did you hate the staircase? It went on and on. Oh my it God. It goes on and on. I, Watching it now, like to watch it now, I, I don't think I'd have the patience for it. Do we want to say what he said to her? Oh, okay, let me just say that like he Did called. I must have not, I must have deleted that accidentally because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't highlighted that he called her yeah. and then nothing else. <laughs> so I must have accidentally deleted that.